Welcome to Recruiting Daily's Use Case Podcast. We're live at SHRM 22, the world's largest gathering of HR professionals. We're pulling back the curtain on the industry's hottest recruiting technology. Now, here's your host, William Tincup. Ladies and gentlemen, this is William Tincup, and you're listening to the Use Case Podcast. We are broadcasting live from SHRM Annual in New Orleans. I have Liam on from MLink, and we are going to be talking all about wise customers and prospects uh, choose MLink and how they do that, how they justify that. So uh, without any further ado, Liam, would you do us a favor and introduce both yourself and MLink? Excellent. So my name is Liam Apperly. I am the Senior Manager of Client Services with MLink Technologies. Basically makes me the business development sales guy of the bunch. Uh, MLink Technologies, we are a digital content creator. We uh, do everything from e-learning, micro-learning, adaptive learning uh, environments, video production, you name it. We've also got a fairly unique thing that we have a division called MLink Now, where we have 1,700 plus ready-to-go courses that we can offer on demand, effectively, immediately, and cost-effectively. So when people think of you, where do they typically, do they put you in the e-learning space? Correct. Yeah, because you you could both help them create content, but you also already have a course. You already have seventeen thousand courses, so you already have your own content library as well. Correct, which makes us a really unique player in the space. Agreed, agreed. There's uh, there's folks out there that can do one or the other, but you, you uh, being able to combine both of those is uh, it's where a lot of LMSs historically have failed. Is are okay as an LMS, but they don't have any content. So the fact that you can produce content for them, bespoke, also and have your own content, I think that's fantastic. Let's let's talk a little bit about, you know, first of all, what are people, what are you seeing right now in terms of consumption? What are people, what are the, the end users, I guess your customers, users, what are they consuming? So a lot of it is micro-learning. I mm-hmm. think as people have sort of uh, migrated to, you know, remote workspace and things like that. That. So, and I think also part of it is, you know, as we adapt as a society, we're getting that shorter attention span. So we're really gravitating a towards that micro learning and b the new adaptive learning space. And tell us about adaptive learning. So adaptive learning is is a really unique thing, uh, and we're sort of on the front end of it. So basically, what it does is your your you know end people can come in, they take a look at it they sort of test up front as opposed to on the back end. And what happens is they can test out of certain things. So oh, cool. Re- re- yeah, re- real simply. If you've got uh, 10, you know, uh, modules they've got to go through, they can test out of four of them. So what it does is it absolutely reduces. Oh, I love that. Yeah, it re- absolutely reduces the amount of time that your folks are, are training. Well, and especially, uh, I'll just use like technical things like Python. Uh, if someone feels like they're really, really good at Python development and all of a sudden you serve up a 10 course thing yeah. and it's like, you know what, take a test and let's see where you're at. A- absolutely. I and, love that. Yeah. And the unique thing is, I mean, if you think about it, not only are you gaining the benefit of a, they're doing what they're supposed to be doing, right. but B, you're not paying them to do you know, something other. Right, uh, right. Sitting there. So it's a wonderful thing. Yeah, you already know this. You already you already have learned this somewhere, somehow. So uh, that's fantastic. 
Um, I'm sure you get asked this a million, jillion different times in different ways, but the difference between learning, training, and compliance. Yeah. What do y'all, y'all get thrown into most of those, if not all those discussions? Um, compliance, at least as I've understood it historically, is compliance-related training. Right. Right. So we have to train people and we have to check the box and things like that. And uh, but you, you're, you know, we started off the conversation talking a lot about learning, which some people bifurcate. What's your, what's, what's, your, what's, what's been your stance on kind of learning, training, compliance, like that, all of that stuff? Well, it, it, it's a unique thing. One, one of the things that we, we really look at, especially when you're talking about compliance, right. I mean, let's be honest, it's not the most exciting. No, it's not sexy. There's yeah, no sexy it, here. Yeah, it is not. <laughs> and so one of the things that we're really uh, adept at doing is making it engaging, making it enjoyable, making it fun, and getting it condensed to the point where they can get through it. Right. You know, uh, and, and I think that's something that makes us at least fairly unique. You know, to be, to be able to take, you know, something like a FMLA training and making mm. it exciting. Right. Makes us pretty unique. <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, the thing is, is what I think, uh, you know, that's, I mean, here we are at Sherman Annual. There's a lot of compliance that's actually here in terms of uh, sessions. And HR is never going to get away from compliance because that's actually one of the one of the keystones of, of HR. Right. And it's not a bad thing. It's somebody's got to actually keep up with FLMA. Someone's got to actually keep up because it changes. Yeah, absolutely. So when you, on your coursework, uh, the 17,000 plus uh, courses that you all have developed, do you develop, uh, is there testing or certification once they've taken a course? A- absolutely. Not only log through the, uh, obviously the LMS, but we've got a certification that comes out at the end. And so we've got everything in there from a, you know, the, the sort of the, the benign things like, uh, you know, conflict resolution, uh, all the wonderful things that you have to go through. But we go all the way down into things like, and, and unfortunately, one of the, the best sort of, uh, or most taken, I should say, courses that we have is Active Shooter. Yep. So everything and anything yeah. in between. I can see that, actually. I can see that. And uh, I hate it, too. Yeah. But it, it's kind of the world we live in right now. Um I would assume that you're LMS agnostic, really, on some level, because whatever they have, you can you can participate with. We we are absolutely LMS agnostic, and that's a great term for it. Uh, so not we'll you know we'll publish out the scoring package. It'll go where it needs to go. It'll work. It's fine. The other thing that we can do, addition, you know, additionally going back to the courses that we have, we've actually got sixty different LMSs that we have. Oh, nice. And so what we can actually do is not only put it out on our LMS, right. but we can take our clients and we can actually set them up and brand an LMS for it. So it's completely blind. Oh, that's nice. That's really cool. That's unique as well. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Oh, I like that. I like that. What are you seeing right now, you know, in terms of the, the conference? Uh, what do you see? What are, what are people interested in in terms of learning? So it's, it's, it's interesting. I'm seeing two things. One, the adaptive learning right. that I mentioned. We're getting a lot of traction on that. Yeah, the as you should. The is the, the existing content library that we have. Right. And uh, we're getting a lot of traction on both. The nice thing is that there's actually a lot of people here this year. Oh, yeah. Compared to maybe not what it was a few years ago, but, but it's nice to actually see people together yeah. as a group. 
coming in. And I think a, I think a lot of the conferences that happened last year, I, I, don't, I can't speak for Sherm, but I think a lot of the conferences last year, they had to do, they didn't want to do, but they had to do it <laughs> because the venues kind of forced them to do their conference uh, or lose their deposit or something like that. So and there was also a lot of the training budgets and the travel budgets and things like that. They weren't there right. for a lot of the, the practitioners. This year, much better. I think next year, I don't know where it's at, but I, I think next year will be even better. I think I, next year is going to be wheels off conference-wise. I, I, I'm hoping so. Yeah. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm sort of getting sick of sitting in my house working yeah. in my office and not getting out. You know, <laughs> we, we recently did the ATD conference a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, how was it? It was it was sad in many ways. Right. There was our, our sister company Sherpa Technologies was sort of diagonal. Our Sherpa, excuse me, Sherpa Coaching was diagonal yep. from us, and there was points where we were throwing balls back and forth. Yeah, that happens sometimes. Although ATD usually is pretty strong, I think they're probably it's probably the same thing. It's like they're getting their budgets back and already booking for next year. Yeah. Hopefully, yeah. Hopefully, let's do some buy side questions. Sure. Um, What's your favorite part of uh, of your demo? Like when you show people M-Link for the first time, what's what's your favorite part? You know there's going to be an aha moment. What's that? Absolutely. So, so it, it, you know, I, you often hear people say it, but, but one of the things that I've got is my creatives, my people are right. the best in the industry. And they do amazing work. And when people first sort of see that that, that demo that we have, sees them go wow i've never seen anything like that before and as the sales guy it makes my life yeah yeah, absolutely yeah yeah. that's cool so what do you think their favorite part is is the same i I think so i think it's it's that moment when they realize that you know if if i can envision it, it it can happen right it doesn't have to be this sort of linear boring Right. You know, right. And, and, and so I want this. Emily can do it for me. Oh, I like that. Yeah. I like that a lot. Okay. So success stories, client success stories without names. Uh, folks that just have done some really cool things with content, with learning content in particular. Sure. So uh, we had a client uh, that uh, wanted a sizzle piece that we did for them. So it was a little different. But they wanted to roll it out for their national convention wanted something very dramatic right and and quite frankly i think it's the best thing we've ever done and uh you know afterwards this piece got a standing ovation and and i got a comment back from my uh my poc and he said you know my vp of sales walked up to me afterwards and he said you know what after seeing that thing i want to run through the door and get going and sell that's about all you could ask for right there. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, my goodness. That's fantastic. Yeah. Well, that's wonderful. So uh, two things that, that I want to ask you. Uh, one is is buying questions. Sure. Because the podcast is set up in a way to kind of teach people what's available. Right. Uh, in link and what they do, problems they solve, but also how to buy technology. Right. So questions you love as a salesperson, uh, you just kind of know they get it. Because, uh, you know, are you a switch? Like, have they, have they done this before and you're just a better player? Or have they never done it? You know, what kind of questions do you love hearing? So, so with me, what I really love are sort of the emotional questions. You know, I, I, 
I, I believe in what I'm doing. I want to transfer that knowledge. I want to give back to my people. So it's, it's it, <clears throat> excuse me. So I always think those are the ones that I really love. Because you know, at some point in time, I mean, obviously everybody's selling a product. Right. right. But one of the things that I love about being in the learning and development space is that there is that, that transfer of knowledge. There's right. that, 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 you know, there's that give at the end of the day. So I always love those. So how, how do I make this great for my people? How do I make this engaging? How do I make it unique? How do I make sure that my, my team, my people, have the tools that they need to be successful? That's fantastic, right there. That's gold, right yeah, there. That absolutely. is because that's what they need to hear. That's perfect. Um, last question is: uh, what do you, What's success for you here at Sherm? Success for me at Sherm, uh, obviously being the sales guy of the bunch, is, is dollars and cents at the end of the day. But but I think again, uh, it, it's about building those relationships at the end of the day. That, that it's it's not this one off sort of sale. It's it's that customer that I'm going to end up working with for years, that I'm going to get to know. I'm going to get to know their wives, their husbands, all of those wonderful things. You know, we're going to exchange uh, Christmas cards, uh, Hanukkah, you know, whatever at the end of the day. But we're going to get, we're going to, we're going to, we're going to develop a relationship outside of that. I love it. I love it. Thank you so much, Liam. I appreciate your time. I also appreciate you being here. Thank you so much for being on the podcast. My absolute pleasure. Absolutely. And thanks for everyone listening to the Use Case Podcast. Until next time. You've been listening to Recruiting Daily's Use Case Podcast, live at SHRM22. Check out the latest industry podcasts, webinars, articles, and news at recruitingdaily.com.